this June 15th through 17th. Come down to the Colorado Convention Center for the first annual Denver Comic-Con. The Denver Comic-Con will be visited by plenty of amazing guests like Kristen Bauer from True Blood or Will Wheaton from Star Trek The Next Generation. Hey, Futurama fans, guess what? Billy West is going to be there. Tom Kane, Steven Siegel, Greg Wiseman. Realize your dream by meeting one of your favorite comic book artists in Artist Alley. Hey, dorks, does Darth Nerd keep on beating you in lightsaber? Good news, they have Jedi training. Are you looking for a really hard-to-find comic? Well, Denver Comic-Con's got so many vendors, they had to move to a bigger room. Hey, nerds, you want to get screwed out of your Vulcan minds? Try Sci-Fi Speed Dating. Buy your tickets online at denvercomiccon.com to the Comic-Con that's a mile above the rest. In Colorado, there is only one place that has the best selection of collectibles, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. For over 27 years, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has been the ultimate destination for collectors. They have a wide selection of hard-to-find coins, action figures, role-playing cards. You can go over there and get yourself a copy of Dominion uh, and sports memorabilia. Hey, Peyton Manning's a Bronco. I was there yesterday. They have a signed Peyton Manning jersey. And, of course, they've got comics, which is what I go there for. All their back issues are half off. On Saturday, all dollar issues are only 50 cents. And if you sign up for a hold slot, you'll get 20% off graphic novels and comics. So stop by 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my right is James. And all the way in Shanghai is We're Brad. still doing this joke? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't have a lot of good jokes around here. I'm trying to keep it consistent and fun. Do you not want me to tell people that you're somewhere else? Well, sitting on my Papazon chair is Brad, looking really excited to do real news today. Well, the Papazon chair is still in Oh, actually, Brad does have state. news today. I do have oh, news really? today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Surprisingly. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Well, that's uh, egg, egg, egg on me. Totally. It's an egg all over me. Hey, did you know... That if you've never listened to Real Nerds, we have an awesome format to follow. Uh, well, we have everyone else's format, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just steal it because, I mean, <laughs> we have nothing original. First, we start with news. We also do what we've been watching. Our new feature is comic books we've been reading. Yeah. And then we finish it with a movie we see every week, which is our feature movie. And this week, we saw the five-year engagement. With Allison Br- or, uh, Jason Siegel. Dude, you just love for you some Allison Brie. Real news. Well, I do. It's real news. So I'll start off real news with actually something special for Brad. I'll make you the most important thing on real news. Finally. Is it about Ninja Turtles? No, it's not about Ninja Turtles. Oh, well, then actually, it's about Brad's creativity. Brad, why don't you tell everybody what happened to you this week? Whoa. So on Friday, I found out. Okay, we heard enough from Brad. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, I discovered there was an open screen night at a local theater in town. In Shanghai? Oh, my God. (laughs) Actually, it was called the Oriental Theater. (laughs) Oh, Um, shoot. And uh, they were taking submissions of local videos uh, and film. Um, I quickly slapped a DVD together of all the Nebulous Vision stop motion projects and I presented it down there and our videos took first place. So was what? it the group of videos or was one specific one voted on as a favorite? Uh, you mean of ours? Yes. Yeah. I, I compiled, I think seven or eight mm-hmm. stop motion videos we did. 
and called those all like a stop motion collection. So they all voted on that whole gotcha. body of work. Uh, because the one you posted on Facebook was really good. I mean, I've seen it before, but if you haven't seen it, what was the name of the one you just posted on Facebook? Is it that Captain Centric one? Uh, yeah, where he's driving the car, right? And he's like... Mur, 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 mur. Yeah, that that's the people who hosted the event. They actually posted that, not me. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So, good for you. So after I left, they looked all, they looked us up and picked that video. Because it's a good one. On YouTube, it's one of the... Not all the stop motion stuff's on YouTube, so... Brad's getting big time. He's going to leave us behind. And I know. We've, you know we, you know, with the, there was also prizes that I didn't know. So we got a $50 gift card for Best Buy and um, a certificate for free admission to the next one next month so cool and for people who don't know uh brad stop motion is really good uh that it, one that well they, it's experimental i mean i think it's cool i mean they're really creative Just take the compliment and yeah. you know <laughs> what a fucking dick <laughs> all right brad they suck <laughs> i can really tell they're experimental <laughs> i mean how, how do you pay a guy a compliment when he tells you fuck I, I really don't know uh but actually my favorite one actually stars brad as the villain of it and uh mustachio yeah. mustachio mm. i i lined up on the dvd for the for the whole piece i started with captain eccentric and ended with mustachio because they're kind of they're bookends because mustachio is trying to go after captain eccentric so he has a little thing going. but on. we haven't we haven't done the third one yet so i don't know where it's going but it was <laughs> cool because those stop motion videos i've never shown in public like they've always been on the internet but like our earlier stuff, I got to show in college to a group of people yeah. and get feedback. And so the stop motion stuff I've done way after college and just, you know, shown to close friends. Right. So this was cool to see or to hear just how much laughter and uh, like this one. Obviously, everyone, most people are drunk or stoned. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little easier to get away with. But this one chick was just like cracking up at the Sweet. Captain Eccentric and the S'moreland video. Um, of course, people on the listing have no idea what I'm talking about, but go, uh, go to nebulousvisions.com. Um, it's all over our sites. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, I will uh, do a little uh, follow-up to this. All our stuff is produced by Nebulous Visions, which is Brad's production company that he does. So. Yeah, this show is produced by us. So. Yeah, it's yeah. produced by Nebulous Visions. So anything you see, is, uh, you also have a website, Sphinx's Domain, which is kind of our goofy one. Um, but a lot of stuff that Brad does is his big thing is Nebulous Visions. So you should really check it out because he does a really good job with it. And now he's getting recognized for it in local yeah. communities. Yeah. So it's been a while he, since we've had like public recognition for stuff, and it's it's cool to you know, get that. If Brad keeps getting respect like this, we're going to have to get him an actual chair to sit in. I know. Yeah. Not yeah. just a chair with a Guys, my evil spine cat. is so weak. <laughs> <laughs> I so, can't sit up anymore, but yeah. So that's really cool. So congratulations to yeah. Brad. And um, and you ought to, um, when you post this, you ought to throw links into it so that people can find it. Oh, of so the people yes. can watch your videos. Right. Cool. Yeah. Be proud of him, Brad. Don't don't uh, well, don't sell yourself short, buddy. Now that I know more than us people just like them then uh, yeah i think i'll show them more yeah <laughs> you should you shouldn't you should show everything who gives a shit aquarium they, gets a lot of well hate don't show YouTube, so. i mean don't show everything because that's gross so in box office numbers last week the movie we saw think like a man which we really liked it really related to every black man that's on this podcast i think i blacked that out it's like my autobiography up there it was that was the number one movie though it's kind of surprisingly uh i was reading a lot of industry People they said they attracted about twenty million and it opened at thirty three million, but I think the most impressive thing is a sixteen thousand per screen average. That's pretty good. Did I really say I like that? Because I was really hungover Saturday morning, so I, I, I must. Know. I really don't remember it at all. Yeah, um, the movie we actually saw last week. Oh, uh, Comic Con episode four of Fans Hope was clocked in at number eighty <laughs> with uh, oh man six thousand. But is this correct on here, Brad? Only six theaters were showing it. Yeah, it's it's not the debut week of the movie we saw, 
but I'm just that's uh, those numbers are just what it was the week we saw it. Only mm. six theaters, so the ch- the it's, fact it's, that we saw is pretty special. Yeah, it's a, it's on a private circuit, so you know. Oh, I see. At that week, it was just six theaters, so. Cool. So, as always, if you need any box office numbers, you can go to Box Office Mojo, and they are very easy to find there. Did uh, did uh, Wrath of Khan not chart at all? It did not. Oh shoot! Um, I don't think they track that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't. It was at uh, well, let's see, what would that have been? About sixty-five dollars, maybe seventy. No, it was what eight dollars a person? Maybe like a seven hundred dollar. Yeah, eight dollars a person. How many people were in there? Twenty, thirty people. Yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe a two hundred dollar showing of <laughs> the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Enough yeah. to pay for the shipping of the print. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had two nights of it, so. Mm, yeah, four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. Wow. So maybe they gained some money there. Yeah. Uh, next week in DVD releases, Blu-ray releases, isn't that exciting? Um, oh, it's amazing. We, Is there a giant shark movie? N- n- no. Oh, dang. Haywire, though, comes out on Blu-ray, digital, and DVD. First 10 minutes of that movie are good. It is. You know, actually, I like the part with uh, Fassbender until he died. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that movie. Spoiler. Because he died. Yep. Joyful Noise, which is Dolly Parton and Queen Latifah. Oh, yeah. Wow. There's a lot of rele- there's a Blu-ray DVD ultraviolet copy. What a DVD ultraviolet copy and a movie oh. only Blu-ray with ultraviolet. Really uh, hitting three releases. Wow. I, I guess. thought you were saying there were new Blu-ray versions of the movie Ultraviolet, which that <laughs> <laughs> what New Year's Eve is also coming out in all the same formats. As in Joy all the same Noise. formats. W E, which is the woman's Madonna. perspective of the King's Speech, and Madonna made it. I'm never going to see it. And if you really want to be bored and s- get a preview of how shitty Men in Black 3 is going to be, Men in Black 2 is also on Blu-ray. <sighs> Thanks, hope, Digital I Bits. Remember, wrong. if you click on the link on Digital Bits, it takes you to... I mean, if you click on DVD or Digital Bits, it takes you to a link that takes you to Amazon where you can purchase the DVD, Blu-ray, and then you support Digital Bits where we get all our DVD release information from. So support them. Please. Another big news for us kind of locally is, for those who don't know, The Real Nerds, we will be at Denver Comic-Con, and hopefully if all works out, we'll be at Podcast Peak, where we'll be podcasting from the Denver Comic-Con, which yeah. I, there's a really strong possibility. I think we're already almost guaranteed that, but we've been emailing them back and forth, and they just announced that the cast of The Walking Dead will be there. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them will be there. Yeah. Who all um, is going to be there? The three I know of for sure, uh, their announcement is Steven Yoon, who plays Glenn. Cool. Um, cool. One of my I, favorites. I, I for, What's the name of the lady who plays Maggie? It's like Cohen. Some, something Cohen, right? Uh, how about Maggie Cohen? Maggie something Cohen. Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. I don't remember that. Mm. It is. Well, she's new. She's new. But uh, also, I'm kind of excited. I, I uh, Chandler Riggs, who plays... Uh, Carl is going to be there, and Very I mentioned cool. in the email to the Comic Con people that I really, that I'm a really big fan of The Walking Dead. So hint, hint, you know, I should moderate the panel mm. because I still believe that he had a Peter Parker moment when he didn't kill the the zombie that was stuck in the mud and it came back and killed uh, Dale. Dale. So you know that was his 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 great power and great responsibility moment, and I I want to ask him if how he feels about that, and I I think that would. Um, elicit a huge reaction from the crowd. They say, ooh, he's such a nerd. Spider-Man. Dead. He Lauren comics and more comics. Lauren Cohen. Lauren Cohen. She's really pretty. She is. And she's also English. Really? She is. So she'll be at the panel and you'll she'll be, be talking at the panel. to her and be, she'll be speaking with that accent back to you. I know, and I'll take off my wedding ring. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
also uh, a little quick thing that I um, saw that the Amazing Spider-Man is getting rewritten. Uh, Spider-Man Two, I'm sorry, is being tweaked by the guys who wrote Star Trek, the new one. Do I? Well, Kurtzman and Orsi. Yeah, um, Kurtzman who, and Orsi, who are actually really big screenwriters. I, I love this news because I don't think there's anybody. They're very much in the sort of J.J. Abrams camp yep. where you know you have an uh, you have a an action scene every t- ten pages. Um, which can be kind of a problem, but the truth is, I don't know that there's anybody who makes more fun movies right now, as far as writers are concerned, than those guys. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, because you're taking uh, James Vanderbilt already wrote it, and they're just going through and they're gonna tweak yeah. it, and that's fine. I mean, just you, pump it up, and those—that's what those guys are good at. And I mean, if uh, you're going on, uh, Spider-Man Two was punched up too, so mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they got two accomplished screenwriters to do it, so uh, that's I'm fine with it. Uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's so it's kind of cool news that I I read this week. Uh, James, you have news for me? Oh, absolutely. Brad, don't you have news? I do. He does. What news do you have? Um, Just because there's a chance that your news might be my news, and then you can do the news, too. Is my news your news? I'm excited that Black Dynamite 2 is shooting later this year. Yeah. Well, because we already knew that they were making a cartoon show. They did a pilot last year. Uh, and then it's supposed to air this year, this summer, I believe. Oh, finally. Um, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> kind of the it's kind of the way Adult Swim does it is that they will they'll pay for a pilot and then they'll see how the pilot does and then they'll pay for a show and so there can be a pretty big leap between the seeing the pilot and seeing the show, especially when it's animated because a lot of the stuff is actually hand animated, so it takes a lot of time. Um, uh, so that's why. Uh, but it's it's fantastic to hear officially that they're doing a Black Dynamite Live 2. Live action movie, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what material it'll have into, but I'm sure it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, the the first Black Dynamite, I remember you telling me about I really wanted to see it. You went to see it at midnight, correct? Yeah. And I was on my way to see Laura up in Fort Collins, so I was driving. And you said, oh, dude, Black Dynamite's playing. And I was, I was going to turn around, but then I probably won't have a wife right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But when I still single, <laughs> and when it came out, it came out on DVD just a couple weeks later. Yeah, and I I watched it. and I was pissing myself because it's one of those movies that it's a very specific spoof, but yeah. it's so broad in its humor that it's really funny. And if you yeah. don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's a modern, it's a spoof of black exploitation movies, right? Where he's doing karate for no reason, he's punching people through walls. It's great. Yeah, and not just a spoof of black exploit. Well. I guess this is all part of that. But, you know, there's a lot of sort of meta filmmaking jokes in there oh, as yeah, well as, time. as far as, like, boom mics getting in the camera, which <laughs> yeah. all happened in black exploitation, yeah. but it happened in other exploitation all movies. Right. I threw that shit from or, the other side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember leaving uh, that night, and I, I thought they had the DVD for sale while I was there. So, I, like, as I was watching the movie, like, I'm buying that DVD when I get, get out of the <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It wasn't true. So yeah. I had to wait. And, but, yeah. It's great. So that that's exciting news. Yeah. And then well, the other thing I have is um, I'm really disturbed to hear that theater chains are considering going a little lax on people using their cell phones. Yeah, and not just like not just small theater chains, but like Regal is talking about this. Yeah, Alamo Drafthouse um, is still on, on the hard line. They're yeah. I'm proud of them. They're like, no, that is not the place for that thing. So when they open up in Littleton, that's where we'll go see all our movies. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, the, what sort of what the Regal said was that there are movies like Twenty One Jump Street that attract younger people that, uh, and not just younger people, but like that kind of people. 
the kind of people who would be douchey rude. enough to yeah. rude uh, people is what they're called yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, self-absorbed people uh, it's yep. worse than that uh, having just had some in the movie we're in today uh, yeah, they're the worst but um the, in those kinds of movies that they'll be more lax about it the truth is i've never seen anybody like disciplined for it so yeah, i don't really know either. what that means like uh, as far as the application of that, I don't really understand. Why don't they have, like, at the theater, like, a screening, a cell phone use screening of 21 Jump Street? So if you want, you can go to that screening and use your cell Maybe, phone. Maybe, uh, are they saying, that, like, they're not going to show that screen, that, that footage beforehand that says, like, hey, don't text during the show? Yeah. Are they not going to show that? I think they'll just take those out and... See, that, that is definitely silly. I think it sounds like their rationale is, like, maybe we're losing customers because... Like the young crowd, we want the young crowd because they're going to be buy, buying tickets longer, for, you know, for the next gener- like the next ten years. They're going to be our, cl- our our customer base. So let's appeal to them. Like if they want to use their cell phones and they, if that makes them feel more comfortable watching our movies, if that gets them in the theater, let's cater to that. Like when the it, people who are bothered by that, they're on their way out. They can go home and watch their own movies. Well, and the 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 um, the CEOs who have said this. Uh, are sort of basing it on their own experiences with their children. In the quotes, they even make reference to like, oh, well, my kids text a lot. Um, but the problem is that the people who are inconsiderate enough to do that in the first place don't think the rules apply to them anyway. So saying, like, that's why it's happening. There are, you know, so it's not like they're not going to the movie because they're like, well, I don't want to get in trouble because I can't text during the movie. I, I can't imagine that that's, that that's why ticket sales are going down. Ticket sales are going down because you guys were making crappy movies. Yeah, I mean... Uh, this year, when the movies have been better, hands down, so yeah. the the tickets sales and, are surging, and because the price of the tickets are so high, like uh, oh, there are so yeah. many other reasons why tickets sales are down way before young kids want to be able to text. I agree. Yeah. Well, also, like if it, it's theater owners, right, and they make all their money off concessions, they need to find a way to replace the cell phone with a drink or popcorn in their hands. The truth is, if what they, they need some kind of tactile, if they're that ADD yeah. about watching a movie, they need to find a way to, to convince those moviegoers to replace a cell phone with something they can profit the theater instead of just ticket sales, which go to the the well, studios. What I've never understood is I don't know why they don't do something like have ticket sale ticket costs for a movie that is a month old go down yeah because the way the way that the um the theaters make money off of the ticket sales is like the first week that a movie's in theaters the vast majority of the money from ticket sales goes to the production companies it goes to hollywood and then the longer that the movie is in the theater the more money that that theater makes off of those tickets so they want the movie to be in the theater for longer that's why this whole thing with like DVDs coming out so quickly after movies in theater is a problem for theater chains. Um, so I would think like if you drop the tickets price four months in, four weeks in, um, even if it's two dollars, then people who would likely go see a movie more than once are gonna do that. Like, I, it's just stupid. I don't think that texting is going to make. Ticket prices go, ticket co- ticket sales go up. That's for sure. If they mm-hmm. stop curbing texting and using cell phones, then I'm going to stay home. How's that? <laughs> That's for <laughs> well, no. What it means is that yeah, equal when, and opposite reaction, bitches. Or when, just or you just go to on a Tuesday in the morning and no one's there. Yeah. When the Aspen Grove. Uh, draft house opens up that's where we're gonna go because tim league is a badass and the rest of these people are stupid yeah like it's annoying it is very much so uh well those were the first three things that i had on my list of news cool 
Uh, so just the other couple of things. Um, we're going to see a Top Gun 2 before we see Mission Impossible 5, which is just the worst idea. Yeah. I mean, it it just means that that's what Tom Cruise is lined up to do next, but I don't... Goose is dead. How are you going to make Top Gun 2? I don't know. Maybe Maverick's the instructor Spoilers. at Top Gun. Spoilers for Top Gun. That'd be my guess is Maverick is the instructor at Top Gun and yeah. Goose Channing Tatum comes in and is the new hotshot pilot. <laughs> He's Goose's son. Well, and and he I, has to train Goose's son. And to then, not, to and then Tom, Tom Cruise, uh, Maverick, feels guilty about it the whole time. Yeah. I feel like uh, fighter j- fighter pilots is such a like 80s, 90s thing that I don't even know that that would play as, as cool anymore. Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, that movie wasn't very good. Um, so. And that was a movie where, like, he his normal job was he was a fighter pilot, and then he becomes a superhero. So that's even that even makes the argument worse because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, everybody's a fighter pilot nowadays. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think that sounds like a horrible idea. Well, we'll have to see what they have up up their sleeve. I still have to watch the first one, so I don't know. Wow. I wanted to see what you guys are thinking about uh, Sam Raimi making a Poltergeist movie. Um, I think Sam Raimi actually would probably do very well making a Poltergeist movie. Um, he uh, he might make it a little more goofy, but that's why I love Sam. What do you think about... Are you a fan of Poltergeist? It's all right. I mean... I don't I, think I've ever actually seen the whole movie. It, it It's one of those movies... I don't know. Um, it's directed by Toby Hooper, but you can feel uh, Steven Spielberg's presence throughout the whole movie. Um, one, because it's a PG horror movie. And two, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll talk about what I saw this, this week. Uh, sometimes I don't think ghost stories are that scary. Um, a lot of times it's about, you know, noise and stuff happening around it. Yeah. And the Polter- Poltergeist isn't, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just one of those movies I've seen it a couple times and I wouldn't rush out to see it. If they had, you know, a 30th anniversary Blu-ray, I'd be, I wouldn't be the first one down there like Jaws. Or I have to get it. So. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, uh, would Sam Raimi do it, a fun job? I think he would. Because he's that super hyperkinetic filmmaker. So we'll see. So, yeah. You know, I love Sam and I'll see anything that nope. Sam's in. Nope. Uh, I only have one more piece of news. Uh, and that is uh, this week on the, the Nerds channel, they have this new show uh, where um, Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News does like this little 15 minute sort of internet TV show uh, called Ain't It Cool with Harry Knowles. Uh, and this week he had Douglas Trumbull on there, who Douglas Trumbull back in the 80s was a big, um, like, sci-fi, um, not CG, but uh, special effects guy. Uh, and then he went on to be the guy who is promoting and pushing faster frame rates in, in cinema uh, to, the fa- to the point now where he's trying to get people to use, like, 120 frames per second, which is crazy. Um, but the deal is, is that the same week that that, this new interview of Harry Knowles and Douglas Trumbull came out. Uh, we also had CinemaCon in Las Vegas last week where they showed, I believe it was 10 minutes of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. And The Hobbit is I all shot that. at 48 frames per second, which, if you don't know, normal movies are shot at 24 because that is sort of, you know, that's the point at which your eyes can't necessarily notice the frame changes, but when you film at higher rates, it, it changes the way that the footage looks apparently. And it's uh, just how it's always been done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a traditional thing. Um, and some weird reactions are coming out of this. Uh, nobody's happy. Well, some people think it looks really cool, but a lot of people, yeah, are saying that it kind of looks like, it kind of looks like TV. It doesn't, it looks too real. That's what people keep saying, which 
is to me is a very bizarre argument. Um, I could have told you that. If you walked into a Best Buy and watched those high frame rate TVs, yeah. it just oh, yeah. weird. It does. It, no, it does. But I'm not entirely sure that being too real is necessarily a bit. Be- like, I'm. My expectation is that if I watch The Hobbit at 48 frames per second, by the end of the movie, I won't notice that it looks weird anymore. Um, like, I have a problem when. The way that people are describing it reminds me a lot of the way that Michael Mann shoots his movies because he shoots them all digitally. And the result is that, uh, especially with Public Enemies, because so much of that movie was shot at night, um, that there are huge sections of that movie that, to me, look like a History Channel reenactment. Yeah, or a home movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it just looks weird. Yeah. Um, And I would... I'm, I'm terrified that something like this, like a technical change, could in any way hurt the hobbit you know like i'm sure that there are going to be theaters that just don't have the technology and they're going to show it at 24 and they're going to have a 24 version of this movie and when i get it on blu-ray it'll probably look fine um but i'm i'm curious i want to know what this looks like and i'm i'm afraid that the bad news about this might overshine what might actually be good like this this to me is a cooler idea than 3d you know what i'm saying like because you're not it's not something shiny and new on top of the picture. It is just more frames. You know, it's just getting rid of the fuzz on the camera. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I was reading an, an article from IGN, and I hardly ever agree with their movie guy there. But he said, and I, I guess what his problem with it was, is it looks so real, and then sometimes when you see the really fake things, it really takes away from it. Mm. You know, like the CG. And, like you can see um, much cl- so much clarity to it. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd have to see. I won't. I won't judge it until I see it. But exactly. I've, uh, Rotten Tomatoes was not happy with it. IGN did not like it. Um, I, free, I I read a couple others. I don't know if it was uh, Crave online. A couple other people were not too thrilled with how it looked. Well, and the other part of the argument is that um, when when you f- show something in forty eight frames per second, especially if you show it in three D, because it's so much brighter and there are more frames the 3D works a whole lot better and that mm. is the other side of the argument yeah, which I, is that I can see that working that yeah. it makes it makes 3D actually more effective well, yeah because I, I I have listened to a commentary on Friday 13 3D by a 3D pioneer and he actually did Jaws 3D and oh, yeah. then he did Friday 13th and he said the most important thing with it a lot of people don't know is lighting yeah. it has to be so bright um, especially I mean and it's lighting not you know the actors faces or the foreground it's lighting up the background tons uh, especially back then. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, in 3D, it'd probably look a lot better. Yeah. And the 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 one sort of saving grace to me, the, the one thing that keeps me hoping is that I don't think that Peter Jackson is an idiot, and I don't think that he, like, I don't think that he has bad ideas about movies, and he has even said that, like, they sit and they watch the dailies every day, and they can watch the dailies in 3D for over two hours, and they don't have any kind of eye strain or anything like that. Um, and so... I would imagine that this is something where in 10 years, if if this actually takes off and people start filming this way, it's not something we're going to notice anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and in the interview with Harry Knowles, Douglas Trumbull did say, he, he pointed out something interesting, which is that especially in movies like uh, Transformers, anytime that you pause the action, it, you realize that the whole screen is just sort of blurry. Like you're not actually seeing anything happen. You're just seeing like this blur and your eyes are assuming what you're supposed to be seeing more than you're actually watching something happen uh, as if it were real. Um, and so the idea that upping that frame rate would make that better does kind of make sense. Um, but we'll see. 
I'm definitely I'm intrigued. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe I think that if they're if this is like fresh and experimental, they should probably try it on something that people are going to care less about. I don't know if the Hobbit's the best. Well, they I mean they had like the the Back to the Future ride uh, at Universal, like this this 3D one that was shot at a higher frame rate. I think it was 6D back in the 90s or something like, or even before that. Um, and that was sort of their I big remember. test. Um, I didn't notice while I was there. Yeah, I didn't notice. No. I, I, I have to think really hard. I was I haven't been on that ride in six years or something. So. Yeah, that was that was directed by this guy uh, who has been promoting it for all these years. Uh, and I, I believe he said that it's at 60 frames per second. It might be 48, but I think it's 60, and it's all in 3D, mm-hmm. and that's sort of why they but did it that way. it was like standard definition you know, film. So right. uh, maybe a higher frame rate on digital HD is way better than the Back to the Future, right? Like more, jar- more jarring. Possible. So this is possible. Hopefully it doesn't ruin the Hobbit. Cool. In the comic book corner this week, actually, I don't know if I still like that name. I'm still kind of, still kind of bothering me. So you can tweet us if you have an idea for, to call the segment real underscore nerds. Or you can email us directly, realnerds at gmail.com. And let me know if you have any ideas. Any half-decent idea, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, because Comic Corner, I don't know. Not, we are not, desperate. I'm not digging it. I was thinking maybe Top of the Stack, but that's really not. Ooh, mm, Top of the Stack. Pretty pretty good. Pretty, mm. New issue bin? New issue bin, something like that. So, hey, just e- tweet me, email me, Facebook me, shoot it to me. With right. a bullet. Carrier pigeon, whatever you want to <laughs> do. Um, I'm actually going to pick something that kind of shocked me this week. Um, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, as everybody knows. So when FF came out, which is Future Foundation, for those who don't know, after uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Turd, turd? did I say the Human <laughs> Turd? The uh, Human Torch died. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man took his place on, in the Fantastic Four, and the Fantastic Four characters didn't think it was right that they called it the Fantastic Four anymore. So they call it FF, Future Foundation. And he was in the first like three or four issues, and then he kind of went away, and it kind of veered off into the actual future of the Fantastic Four, which is their children and their friends and their androids and their dragons. And I mean, it's a really well weird stuff in that book. It's well written and the art is really good in it, but uh, it's hard for me to get into because whatever. The Spider-Man. Exactly. But this week I was at the comic book shop and I was browsing the, just the comics and I saw on the cover, it was Johnny Storm eating Cheetos. He came back. I don't know how he's alive again. And uh, (laughs) Spidey is, with him and the whole issue is Johnny Storm moves into Peter Parker's apartment and that sounds kind of lame but it is really funny and really well written and it's uh, FF number 17 so if you want a light comic book and it's really good and well written and well drawn it's it's really funny and I I really highly recommend everybody picking it up it, it, you don't have to worry about any continuity or anything it's really just those two talking to each other and if you're a fan of Spider-Man and the Human Torch, you know they have a couple great little mini-series, too, that they kind of do. And they, they've always been kind of best friends in the Marvel Universe, so they always kind of have fun together. Yeah. So that's my comic book pick for the week. And you can pick that up. a good up. one. You should. It's it's fun. And you don't need any... Yeah, just pick it up. I, I took a chance on it because Spider-Man was back in it, and it was funny. So you never know. Sometimes, every once in a while, you find those little hidden gem books. Oh, absolutely. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Chain. You know, you never know. Oof. You never know. I'm looking for a good copy of that tomorrow. Nice. So, what we've been watching, what have we been watching? I have watched two movies this week. Uh, the first one I'll talk about is called The Innkeepers, which came out in February. It's a very low 
budget horror movie directed by Ty West. If you don't know who Ty West is, he's kind of an up and coming horror director. I was reading a little bit of his bio. He's only 31 years old. He made that movie that came out on VHS, right? Yeah, he made a movie called The House of the Devil, which is, uh, you know, it's hard for me to recommend unless you're a horror movie fan, but I really liked it. The pacing of it. It's an homage to 70s. Like late late 70s, early 80s kind of horror movies. Is it like, like slasher like, or ghost? No, it's or? not slasher at all. It's like ghost uh, or actually Satan worship, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Satan worship. Oh, okay, yeah. Literally, it's the house of the devil. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and it, it takes a long time to going, but uh, one thing I do appreciate about Ty West movies, except Cabin Fever 2, is... <laughs> well, that was his first move. And actually, maybe yeah. it was his second movie. He got that after they saw the house of the devil. And I, I read an interview with him, and he made a way different movie, and they changed it, and so he disowns that movie uh, um he actually didn't even want his name as the director on it because he was so pissed off ooh, about it yeah. um so the house of the devil takes a long time to build up but it, what he does is he does a really great job of building up his characters and that's why i really liked house of the, of the devil so when something bad happens to these characters you really care about them in the innkeepers he does the same thing but i actually think he succeeds more in doing it and the innkeepers is a story about a real hotel called the Yankee Peddler, which is in Connecticut, and it's supposedly one of the most haunted hotels in America. Hmm. So what he did is he filmed a, a movie there, and he created a little backstory about um, Margaret O'Malley, and she was uh, a, a lady who was trapped in the basement of this hotel, or she was murdered by her husband and trapped in the basement of this, buried in the basement of this hotel, never found, and it's this huge superstition about it. And what makes this movie really good is that the Yankee peddler is about to close and the two innkeepers there are ghost hunters. And the one guy, Lucas, I think that's his name. I've, I've forgotten it. Yeah. Anyway, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure his name's Lucas, uh, ropes this girl into kind of doing this with him. It's like his idea. He ha- has this really cheesy website about ghost sightings and all this stuff. And he's an amateur ghost hunter. Exactly. Yeah. He's an amateur one. So he's not really even, a he's ghost not, hunter. he's not on TLC yet. Exactly. He's not on TLC. So what he does is he kind of, ropes this girl into doing with it and the girl is sarah paxton and she is amazing in this movie i love her in this movie uh but one night she is just sitting and she's uh kind of recording like egon and ghostbusters has the headphones on and um has the what's it called the e what's yeah what is it no it's (laughs) scientology listening to the it's not esp it's uh uh i can't remember what it's called either sorry white noise white it's got a technical term but it's white noise. yeah so she's you know just messing around she has the headphones on and she's messing around with the microphone the interference kind of evp stuff. right evp maybe that's mm, right. yeah i think that's and right. all of a sudden you hear the piano play and you're like <laughs> interesting so she you know she goes out there and the piano stops obviously and he does a really great slow build and all of a sudden the piano's two two bars go bong and so she's freaked out and she tries to get him going and the whole time they kind of play on is are these people really hearing things or is it their mind playing tricks on them and it slowly builds and as the movie goes along it actually gets scarier and scarier and scarier and it's divided into chapters which they tell a little bit of story and it's a really good movie i think everybody should see it it's divided like a clerks where (sighs) exactly (laughs) it's two people sitting at the counter chatting and then you know it's chapter one chapter two instead of like whatever yeah yeah word but, you know, they do these little playful things where they say they're going to bed and they run up and hit the bell. And the character moments in it are really what make the movie good. And so when something bad happens to the characters, you feel really you, you feel it. And uh, the there's an old guy who checks in and he's super creepy. And 
Um, it's a, definitely a slow burn, and I think it's definitely worth it. And it's it's not gory, kind of, uh, <laughs> except for the yeah, one part at the end. One part at the end, but I mean, it's not gory. It's it's basically playing on your fears of being alone and um, not understanding what's happening. You know, it's like Blair Witch, but way way better and way, more well done. Where you know something's happening and you think something bad's going to happen to these people, and you, but you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's really good. Another fun fact is that hotel uh, that the takes, movie takes place in, that's where they stayed when they shot House of the Devil. Yeah. The so, crew. Yeah, that's where he got the idea of it. I was yeah. reading a little article, and I'm really interested to listen to his commentary because he does really good commentaries. Man, that sounds really awesome, and I would really like to see that movie, but can, I cannot watch that movie. You can probably have it on Blu-ray. No. And I love the poster for it. It reminds don't, me don't of the old scary. James. Yeah, I can't help it. It's really easy to scare the poop out of me. Yeah, and it, it is scary. And like that I said, that piano it, thing freaked me out in the theater. Oh <laughs> yeah, because it's so loud. Oh yeah, and it's really cool too because when you turn on the Blu-ray, uh, there's a little screen that comes up and it says the filmmaker recommends that you listen to this movie very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that in the theater too? I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, it's it really something. But it's really cool, and it's it's really well shot, and you know, it's really cool character moments that I love. And I like when a director tries to create an experience. Exactly yeah, because narrative. Because, you know, what he does, and he did it in even the House of the Devil, is you actually care for these this girl. I, I thought she was so charming in it mm-hmm. that, you, you, you mean, you're kind of along the ride with her. And um, I think, actually, the, the creepiest scene for me in the whole movie is she's she's lying in bed, and you know something's going to happen to her. And then she she sits up, and nothing happens, and she looks around, then she lays back down, and... Oh, I I remember what you're talking about. And then she yeah. sits up again, and then she looks around, and all of a sudden the sheet behind her slowly raises up. Oh, dude, it's wonderful filmmaking because he understands that people expect something to happen, but he kind of draws it out, and you don't you don't know when it's going to happen. But just the visual of that sheet coming up, oh, dude, it's great. And then the close up, oh my god. Oh yeah, so the the movie's creepy, and you should definitely see it. I recommend everybody seeing the Innkeepers. See. And the problem is, like, I really like horror video games, and every time I play one, like a Dead Space or a Bioshock, uh, I am always that person who, like, I only play it at night and only in the dark, and want it to yeah. scare the crap out of me. But with for some reason, movies movies stick with me longer. Huh. Like, if I watch that movie, it will scare me for a week. Oh yeah, probably. I'm sure. I mean, it stayed with me. I don't really get scared in movies, but I mean, there was enough haunting images in that movie. Where I mean, there's a part where she's. Actually, a line that broke my heart in it is she's uh, Kelly McGillis is in it, and she doesn't look good anymore. Anyways, mm-hmm. she's a uh, Top Gun. She she's like a psychic, and she she tells this girl that I'm not gonna spoil, it, but she tells her something, and she goes to look for, her and it's in the basement, and she's holding this flashlight, and she's shaking, and I forget her the girl's uh, Lee. She's like Lee please don't make me go down there again. And it's just, you're just like, oh my gosh. And you, then it's, yeah, you have to see this movie. It's great. I've loved Sarah Paxton ever since Aquamarine. Oh, totally. I actually, I loved her since superhero (laughs) movie. (laughs) Oh oh, man. I still think that movie's funny. Uh, Anyways, I was uh, kidding. I've never actually watched Aquamarine. I just, yeah, whatever you talked about last week, I'm pretty sure it's your favorite movie of all time. (laughs) And the other, uh, the other movie I saw this week is actually, I've seen it before is they call, uh, my name is Bruce. With mm. Bruce Campbell, and that movie is amazing. I, yeah. You really have to be a Bruce Campbell fan to appreciate it, um, because he is so good in it. And again, all the everybody else is not very good in it. Yeah, but uh, he, man, I could. I was there's moments when I was just laughing my ass off. One of my favorite little bits in it, and it's actually I was gonna make it my 
Facebook profile picture is he's in a movie called The Stugitive, and it's just the poster is the fugitive, but it's Bruce Campbell running. <laughs> it's it's so dorky. Oh yeah, but it's it's really good. And I got the Blu-ray, and they have this really funny documentary on it how they made the movie, and they're interviewing Bruce, and he's describing the movie. And then on the screen, it comes up and it says, we're really sorry about how long Bruce is describing this movie. We know that if you're watching the making of the movie, you've already seen the movie. So all these things that he's telling you, you've already seen. And he keeps <laughs> on going and this, this text is going across the screen. It's really funny. Um, but just the way he plays it and it, it's great. And that he was able to laugh at himself. One of the cool things that MPH made popular was taking yourself and making yourself a character. And uh, Bruce really sells it in. Uh, they, my name is Bruce, and that's what I saw. And I, uh, there's a little couple of funny parts when he has this kind of like rally moment, like he did in Army of Darkness, and he says, uh, so, "I forget." He says, "This little fart hole of a town," and because he, he's in Gold Lick, and Ted Raimi plays three characters in it. It's really funny. And when Bruce actually meets the Quandi, uh, the the evil. Chinese spirit and he's running away scared he just wildly shoots a gun he kills like three people from the town <laughs> <laughs> it's so great uh, and he uh, he directed it too yeah. and uh, so that's kind of cool someone wrote it for him and he directed it and starred in it and produced it so it's way better than his other directorial effort which is the, the man with the screaming brain. brain yeah and he makes fun of it a lot in that and he's they said are you sure you can go against quantities he said I shot a movie and uh Ukraine for two months. I think I'll be all right. (laughs) So he's. It's funny that he pokes at himself and yeah, and I mean little things for fans. He drinks Shemp uh, whiskey, and in any Sam Raimi movie that they made, if they had have someone fill in, they'd call him Shemp's. If you know what a Shemp is, Shemp filled in for uh, when Curly, the original Three Stooges, died. They had the Shemp fill in for him. You could always tell when it was a fake guy. So in their movies, if you're a Shemp, then you're like a stand-in. Huh. So you should see, they call me Bruce. I mean, my name is Bruce. There's a movie called They Call Me Bruce. It's really funny, too. But my name is Bruce. And you can get it on Blu-ray and Amazon right now for seven bucks. Nice. So pick it up. Laugh at the awesomeness that is Bruce Campbell. Absolutely. Uh, well, I saw a couple of things this week. Um, first, to continue my uh, my little David Mamet run, mm-hmm. uh, I watched Wag the Dog, which has always been on my list. But That's a good movie. Um, yeah, okay. You've already seen it. Because I was going to say, you really liked... Um, Dr. Strangelove, which so did I, but uh, it feels a lot like that because it's very much a satire about sort of the way the government works. And Brad, have you seen it? I saw it like back when it came out. Yeah. I've forgotten it since then. Basically, uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Dustin Hoffman both play, um, well, they're they're, they're these two guys that are sort of producing a story to distract Americans from the fact that the uh, president was caught like in a sex scandal with like a really young girl. Um, and they basically conjure up a war with Albania and yeah. conjure up a war That's hero. Right. And like every step of the way, it's, it's basically one long lie that keeps getting worse and worse. And these people just keep going to the next level to cover things up. And every time something goes wrong, they pretend like it's a good thing and somehow work it into something new. Um, and so it's basically this long satire of, the way that our sort of government media works. Um, and it was good. It was a movie that, um, it's weird. It's not entirely scripted. It was scripted by two guys and one of them was David Mamet. Um, and just David Mamet comedy doesn't seem right. Like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me the whole time. I didn't really laugh at the movie until maybe 
the last act, you know, sort of when Woody Harrelson comes in, because uh, he is so just jumping off of the page that uh, he, you, it's hard not to laugh at that character. Um, uh, and the rest of it, it, it almost feels ham-fisted, sort of, in the way that Doctor Strangelove doesn't. Um, but it was still really good. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, yeah, I think Doctor Strange. I know I never saw Doctor Strange Love until recently, and I, I think it's a brilliant movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything you said is, yeah. I mean, the actors in Wag the Dog are really good, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and Dustin Hoffman, man, his character is just great. Uh, I would like to know exactly how much um, Mamet worked with the other guy uh, whose name was, oh, woman, Hillary Henkin. Uh, it's adapted from a book as well and directed by Barry Levinson. Um, and so I'd like to know exactly how much Barry Levinson or uh, David Mamet was involved um, because it doesn't feel like the other movies of his that I've hmm. seen. Um, so it's, it's sort of strange. So next week I'll get back to a normal David Mamet movie. Um, but it's not strangely connected to David Mamet. Uh, I also, it didn't premiere this week. It premiered a week ago, but I didn't get a chance to see the first episode until this week of uh, Girls, the new HBO show that's produced by Judd Apatow. Uh, and it's created by uh, Lena Dur- Lena Dunham, uh, who is also the main actress, and it's it's fantastic. Um, I sort of was expecting something more along the lines of Freaks and Geeks, but this is sort of like it's somewhere between Louie and Sex and 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 not even Sex in the City. It is like the anti-Sex in the City. Uh, it is actually following for young women in their lives in 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 New York City and feels it feels so realistic that I don't even know that I am qualified as a man to judge how realistic the show is <laughs> like that's how that's how on the spot this show feels um it's it, it's honest uh, uh, if if nothing else like if you don't if you don't think the show is funny if you think it's too crude to be funny it is still so honest that I love those characters um man i just Basically, it's about this girl who, she's 24, she's been supported by her parents for two years, um, and she she has a an internship she's not getting paid for, and her parents basically just cut her off, and she's got to try and suddenly, like, find her way in the city, and then she has these other quirky friends that um, have sort of, that they are both realistic and have real problems, but they are, they're funny and fun to be around, and um, you just you gotta check it out uh, at least that first episode because it's really special. Um, I, it's it's a show that I will desperately be looking for every single week. Um, you can find it on HBO. You can. <laughs> I think the first episode was free online. Um, I'm sure it was. They do that a lot. Yeah. And it, that's a re- oh, and the reason I said it was strangely connected to David Mamet is that uh, his daughter is one of the actresses in the show, which I just figured out a minute ago. Hmm. Yeah. Brad, what have you been yeah. watching? Uh, all I saw was Due Date. Nice. And that was all right. Nice. I've still never seen it. I love Robert. Yeah. It, it's got some funny <laughs> Robert, lines. Bob, me and Bobby. Yeah, me and Rob go way back. <laughs> you and your buddy, Robbie. It was all right. It had some funny lines, but, I mean, it's just a road trip movie. Yeah. I think it's really funny, though. Yeah. I think the two actors kind of elevate it. Yeah. I can see that. They make it better than... Because, yeah, the story is just really shallow. But yeah. it's, it's their performances and their quirks that make it. I love better. when he punches that kid in the gut. That, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Todd Phillips in general. RDJ is like, such like a dick, <laughs> like a really yeah, he's pretty bad fun in to that watch movie, dick yeah. in that movie. Yeah. 
Sorry, you were saying something? I was saying <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that's kind of how I feel about Todd Phillips in general. That like his movies are are okay on their own and then the actors take it to another level. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. Zach Galifianakis. Oh yeah, he's um, uh like without him in the first Hangover movie, I don't think that that movie would have gotten a sequel. I um Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Wow, cool. that's exciting, Brad. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Well, he spent all week I could talk about how I watched The Office again or Mad Men if you, if you prefer. Oh, Mad Men was crazy this week. I don't remember what it was, though. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it was a really good episode because it is the three party stories. Oh, that. yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Man. Wake me up when you're done with this shit. No, oh. That's all right. I, well, because <laughs> you, didn't, about it. you like didn't realize what, ago. or at least I didn't realize what they were doing storytelling-wise until... Um, until they got to Don's story? Yeah, yeah. because they basically they... they s- they had three stories going on at the same time, but you didn't really realize it was just like at the end of, of Peggy's story, all of a sudden Don calls and is freaking out and you don't know why. And then they rewind and tell Roger's story, but you don't realize that's happening at the same time until yeah. the end of that. Um, which is just great. Uh, I didn't realize the uh, Peggy's towards the end of her story, like she was still high, which explains yeah why she did what she did. Yeah. So it, it was cool. And, I don't want to get in too much because this guy's going to fall asleep. Yeah, he is. But Don it was a really Draper. great episode. Man, he drinks and smokes. He's really funny. Oh, man. Yeah, John Hamm in real life. You would. There was actually a moment that you, as a misogynist, would really like where... Misogynist? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what a fucking but he, dick. He, le- he leaves his wife in Canada. Yeah. Like, they have a fight in a <laughs> diner, and he just walks out, gets in the car, and drives don't away. Don't leave me, Don. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he just drives you know, away. You don't fuck like, with Don Draper. I know. Are that. you insane? Then he comes back like a like a lost dog. Oh yeah. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. What a great episode. Anywho. Anywho, this week we saw the five year engagement. Brad, should people go see the five year engagement? Hmm. Gosh, romantic comedy. Actually, yes. <laughs> right on. Jimmy Jamma James. Um. Yes, go see the five-year engagement unless you're old, because <laughs> if you're old, you're gonna dis- you're gonna like completely misbehave in a theater and not know how to stay quiet. So that's a generalization. Uh, well, you know, I've been to a lot of movies in the last year, and old people suck. Sorry, mom wow. and dad. Wow, wow. He just calls mom and dad old. Yeah, you should definitely go see this movie. I thought it was really funny, surprisingly, because I really didn't. I saw one trailer for it before I went and saw it. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think the the trailer sort of sells it as fairly pedestrian, and I think it's it's a little more than that. It does. Uh, hey, Brad, I think uh, if you just push that button right there, I think the trailer will start. What yeah. this button? Yeah, yeah. that one. Is Wait. No, no, that one. No, not that one, dumbass. That one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Who? Okay. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Okay. Yeah. Now, Halfway or all the way? All the way in. It's a button. It's not a half, dial. Half hole. Click. Pilot, I love you. Will you marry me? This engagement party is a moment to celebrate a new future, but not without first exploring a past. Jenny Newman, Greta Kay, Anna Pena, Lizzie Gray, this Korean, that Korean, and Lizzie Gray again. I think that's enough, right? I got a letter from the University of Michigan. I got a job for two years. Two years is nothing. Really? We'll start planning the wedding again from there. Babe. 
We both know I deserve to get super laid for this. Do you want me to wear a cape or something? I want the show. You get the Cirque du Soleil of shows. Lots of this and this stuff. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> How's Michigan? Oh! oh, it's a fire hydrant. All in all, it's an adjustment. Here's our guest list, like 600 people. No. Maybe just we. You can... don't want to get in front of this train, right? Have you two picked a date yet? Not yet, but within the year. Congratulations, you've been promoted. You're going to be with us for a few more years. Can't wait to tell Tom. You this told me that it was going to be two years. It's sort of like when you're on a treadmill and you tell yourself, I'm going to run five miles today, and now it's forever miles. When was the last time you were on a treadmill? Sorry. This is supposed to be exciting. This is your wedding. You only get a few of these. Well, I wonder. Of course, the men will wear yarmulkes. Babe, you don't have a yarmulke. I have a hold. It's in my Jewish drawer. I don't think we can figure out all of our problems before we get married, but I promise you that I will just love you every step of the way. Ideas when this wedding might happen? Grandparents do have a tendency to die. Mom, they're all right there. Not for now. <laughs> this is why we do not delay weddings. The five-year engagement. What a cute little flower girl you'll be. And Pocahontas. <laughs> You don't have to say click, James. You can hear the click. <laughs> what really surprised me about this movie, actually, it's not that surprising. I, I love Emily Blunt. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mentioned it in my movie recap from last year. I like the Adjustment Bureau a lot, almost basically because she's so charming. And again, in this movie, she proved that she's really charming and she's really funny. Uh, and Jason Siegel is always... Oh, Jason Siegel. You know, one of the things I think that I really respect about Jason Siegel is he writes most of the movies he stars in, and I think he's really found a way to write his voice mm-hmm. very well. Oh, I, I mean, I, that sounds kind of stupid, but I mean, to, for me to write me into a movie, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think he understands his strengths as a comedian, Yeah, and he's very good at exploiting them in, on film. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say the one thing that worried me the most about this movie is that i am in all honesty i am not a very uh, i'm not a nick stoller fan um i did the muppets uh well yes but but i feel like he has a problem with his editing i do like he's and and this movie is that as well where i think that his movies have are you talking about pacing or editing scenes uh you're right it's more the pacing it's his movies sort of meander like especially forgetting sarah marshall which Sometimes, was his first yeah. directorial movie. Uh, it just sort of meanders, and this one is that way too. Like things, plot things would change in this movie, and I would think, okay, well, wait, we've spent so much time getting where we are. If you if you go in a completely different direction, I don't know where I am anymore. Like I don't know where we're going. Um, which is is it's interesting. It's fresh. It makes the movie feel different. That's for sure. But. Um, it it can make it feel long-winded as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I think sometimes, though, it has a more organic feel when you do it th- like that sometimes. I mean, I yeah. understand. Like, sometimes the pacing is an issue. But I think sometimes if the scenes drag on a little bit, it has a little more organic feel to it. Yeah, it's um, it's more in the... the Because he doesn't follow, like, a three-act structure. Oh, no, not and I don't, at all. Not everybody should, but um, but it just... I don't know. It, it 
it makes me feel a little bit lost in his movies. Hmm. Uh, they're always good for moment to moment. They're always good. Um, but I, I tend to like get worried that we're going to go somewhere. I'm not expecting to go or that I don't want to go. Um, but then it always, it always ends up working. The the one thing I will say about it th- th- this time is that when, I mean, spoilers at the end, they get married. Um, Dick. Uh, <laughs> well, we're in the spoiler section. Um, <laughs> when they finally got married it was such a release because it felt like oh man we've been watching them for like two and a half hours just like going all over the place i think the movie's only like an hour 45 minutes no it felt long (laughs) um and and so when they finally got married it it felt really good and i was actually kind of excited for them in a way that i think most movies that end with a wedding i wouldn't be um yeah you know what's weird is as i'm getting older the like the scene where they're in the the nine one yum, yeah, uh, taco truck, and they start thing like I start getting like little like heartstrings pulled. Like I've noticed that's happened to me as I've gotten older. And I was like, well, I'm not. Why do I feel like sad? I should, oh, dude, like I should not care. But I'm, I'm a cry- man and I'm about to start crying. I know. I have cried this. at more movies in the last year than I have cried probably in my life because you're I'm, a vagina. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not saying I cry, but you know what I mean. Like, no, no, I, I totally you, know what you mean because you can feel it. Like, oh yeah, like oh my gosh, these two should be together. Yeah, um, I find myself falling for sappier shit as I get yeah, older. Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, you know the the sappy crap is just the stuff that I don't know what it is lately, but something's just pulling me. I mean, there's. <laughs> Like even uh, the movie you guys didn't like, Real Steel, where you know the son's so happy to see. Dude, how many times do I have to tell you I <laughs> like the movie? I didn't love it. I just liked it. I didn't yeah. hate it. But uh, you know what? His son, I thought it was good. I just didn't connect with it. His son was so happy to see you know Hugh Jackman in a f- boxing match. As I said, yeah, go you. You can you can beat this robot. <laughs> um, but yeah. you, what, what you really want to talk about is Allison Brie. I know James. I mean that's. Uh, yeah, there is a disturbing amount of time where Allison Brie is not in this movie. I know she's not wearing anything low cut, really. I mean, what's that about? I, I, you know, I'll, that part I'll take or leave. Cause she's so cute. Like, oh, she's she, fantastic. And uh, Chris Pratt as his friend was amazing. Yeah, you know the supporting characters in this movie again really uh, shined. Uh, Brian Brian Posehn is Posehn as his Michigan uh, friend. His Michigan friend was amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, and Ming, the the experiment, they're all psychologists and they're doing these psycholo- psychological experiments. And this guy in them, at the very beginning when they're all sitting around and they're trying to think of a new experiment, Ming has an idea of pouring somebody with, with <laughs> blood all over them, put feathers on them, put a gun in their hand and yell, wake up. And why is the gun actually loaded? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so you say that, and it's like, oh, look how crazy it is. And then they show it happening later on in the movie with uh, what was this character's name? Brian Pochant. Um, I don't remember. I just I remember him as alcoholic. Yeah, uh, Minnesota friend, Michigan. <sighs> Or yeah, missing, no, yeah, I Michigan. can't remember. And where he's, when he said, "I'm an alcoholic," at their engagement party, and everybody clapped. Yeah. Oh, his name! <laughs> his name is Tarkin. Tarkin. That's why it's hard to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that uh, that was really funny. Oh, gosh. The, the the scene when they're, like, making bread or whatever, and she comes in and she's drunk. And she, <laughs> yeah. like, starts to throw up, and then it makes him start to throw up. That whole, that was fantastic. Or what was his line? That little noise he was making, like, oh. When she threw up, and she's like, he's, heh- he said, oh, gross, you ate it. <laughs> oh, dude, did you just eat it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It so, oh, man. So the supporting characters were really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, I love Emily Blunt. I don't know. She's just... To me, she's really cute. 
I mean, she's not like super hot, but she's really cute. Yeah. And she's really good in um, movies. And she has an ability to have chemistry with people that's really well. And uh, her and Allison Brie, I thought, had actually the funniest moment in the movie <laughs> when they were talking. That's uh, yeah, Sesame Street characters. Yeah, well, because what was funny is the whole scene is set up that they're talking like adults, but Allison Brie's child. Well, and they're like they're talking like adults, but trying to hide what they're saying from the kid. The yeah, so the kid tells Allison Bree's character to talk like Elmo, and then tells <laughs> Emily Blunt's character to talk like Cookie Monster. So they're having these real <laughs> serious discussion with these uh, Sesame Street characters, and it's really funny. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason Siegel again, Jim Henson shout out. And. It- I'm really conflicted about this because as, as much as everything I just said about the pacing is true, I also kind of think that this movie is, it's kind of neat that they don't do the stuff you're expecting. Like they, they don't arrive at the ending the way that, that you expect them to, you know, the, really the fact pr- that they spend that long section of time apart is really kind of strange. And I didn't see that coming. And out. we did see Dr. Kurt Connors too. Oh Yeah. I really appreciated that they didn't go like they actually did something different with the end wedding, you know. Yeah, yeah. the conclusion. Yeah. It wasn't just like and they get married. And it was, they also it was did every fun. wedding you've ever seen before. Yeah, and they yeah. also didn't do that depressing that they're so lost without the person and they don't do anything. They have like they, some pop no. music montage. Yeah, they actually go on with their lives and then right. They, yeah, like they, they kind of refine each other. Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah, because you don't see that too often. But we all we always knew Dr. Kurt Connors was a lizard, Sleepy yeah, motherfucker. For people who don't know I love that guy. For people who don't Reece know what I'm talking about, it's <laughs> Reese Ivins. He's, yeah. uh, he's also a doctor in this. Mm. Mm. And a creep. Wait. Wow. Well, I don't think Dr. Kurt Connors is ever a creep. He's always been married and has a kid. Well, watch that trailer again. He seems I more villainous. He, yeah, in this, this one, time. he's a little. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really good. I it's funny. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Uh, even Chris Parnell was kind of funny in it as the stay-at-home dad, and he knits sweaters that are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But uh, are really funny. Low po- moment of the movie? Molly Shannon. Yeah. She showed up, and then I just I didn't care anymore. <laughs> and then she went away. I was happy. Just a little, uh, a little cameo. I don't understand why she was just a little cameo in it. Yeah. Was she in another well, one of their movies? she's not doing anything else, so. Yeah, yeah. Chris Parnell was there, SNL people. Maybe it's an SNL Dude, no, the... The best little cameo was the Indian guy that's always in the Judd <laughs> yeah. Apatow movies. That guy showing you up again. <laughs> chef job in summer school. Yeah, you a fucking mind. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. Are you dumb motherfucker? I forget what he says. Funny though. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Ah, uh, that was good. So yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I think people should go see it. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, the comedies this year have been kind of really good. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty One Jump Street. I like to do this party. American. I'm sexy and I know it. I'm sexy and I know it. That's not part of that song I know, and it's supposed to be a really popular song. I don't. I, I don't understand popular music. I listen to bluegrass all day. Yeah, dude, I listen to Rod Stewart. No one. I, yeah. yeah, nobody likes us. No, no, not at all. I have a Dave Matthews sticker on my car. People throw eggs at me sometimes. Really? Dave Matthews? No, but I kind of least. expect them to. <laughs> <laughs> Subconsciously, I think I deserve it. Anything else you want to add well, to the five-year engagement? No, it's. I was just thinking, like, we're not music nerds, so you don't have to worry about that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I've, rom-com is the lowest on my Me genre because categories that I like. And, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue talking. No. <laughs> I was just agreeing with you. Um, um, 
yeah so it i felt like this is inventive and a different entry in the genre uh it, having that apatow cred helps and they they don't go back they take everything from those wells and elevate them and make them different and interesting and entertaining and you know not just catering to the unrealistic ex- unrealistic expectations that those other movies deliver yeah mm-hmm. so yeah because it's i even sort of hesitate to call it a rom-com because yeah, uh, it, 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 fall, it so falls into like that that chick flick kind of mentality that that really is a genre that's like just untouchably awful um you know your 10 things i hate about you're not 10 things i hate about you how to lose a guy in 10 day kind of formulaic movies um she has like a movie coming out in the summer that looks redonkulously stupid oh i'm sure is it is it raising helen too <laughs> uh to be fair i've seen all these movies and they're all really bad um, and that's not being fair that's being unfortunately to be you well yeah i would not see those movies my wife owns those movies and they it's will un- not be played while i'm around it's unfortunate to be me a lot of times oh james don't bring it on the show james so you know others (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm pleasantly surprised i really enjoyed this movie i mean i thought it might be pretty good but you know i really didn't see anything about they really didn't hype it too much yeah kind of quietly um but again i don't really watch tv so they mean they might be hyping it i don't know i knew that at least the 15 minutes with allison brie were going to be just magical and they were you know actually you know we didn't mention that her toast at their engagement party oh, was amazing <laughs> it was at the so beginning. good just left the camera on her and let her go yeah yeah, yeah. where what well, i don't know what voice she was doing this english accent that she was trying to hold back her tears yeah she, so she goes really deep <laughs> allison brie uh, is amazing when she gets the big doe eyes going and she's like the her makeup is all running and she just looks pitiful yeah. allison brie look out because james will be finding you no what no 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 not in a creepy way i don't know it sounded pretty creepy to me no, oh, no, it was it was adorable. Uh, Allison Brie, you can watch her every week on Community, which you should be. Yeah, man, this week's episode was good. Go Community! Hey, you know what's happening next week? The Avengers. Yeah, summer officially kicks off. Wait, wait, the what? Thursday. What's, what's the Avengers? The well, British TV show? They're making yes. a movie out of that? Well, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, with Uma Thurman. Uma They're Thurman. showing it at the Esquire oh, at midnight. Wow. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. See it. That sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> it wait, do you mean It Marvel's sounds the amazing, yes. Oh, yeah. Marvel's The Avengers. I got to say that. Marvel's Disney's Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> I can't believe they have to write it like that. Jim Henson's Disney's Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, so I'm really excited for that because summer officially kicks off. Uh, with the Avengers, and yeah, the Avengers know. is getting amazing reviews internationally. Oh, yeah. It's already broken records in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, and I was reading an article that the Avengers has... The Avengers? The Avengers... Why can't I fucking talk today? The Avengers. The Avengers has already outsold every other Marvel movie combined in pre-sales tickets. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Compared to Thor, it's up like 3,000% in ticket sales. Oh, man. So I'm guessing 190 opening weekend. And that's that's probably safe, yeah. Because, I mean... I mean, I'm going to see it twice, maybe three times opening weekend. So. I'm really excited. One, because I'm so excited that Joss Whedon is, has a huge blockbuster that he rightfully deserves. Oh, yeah. And he's doing a superhero movie and that he pulled it off. I think it's at 96% right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it's got better buzz than, like, Captain America did from critics. Yeah, so... Which is good, because Captain America was was good enough. 
I loved Captain America. So, Cap- so this will be amazing. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Because. Plus it starts summer. Oh, We're yeah. going to have good movies for a while. Well, I don't know. The next like, week like we're seeing Dark Shadows. Oh. It goes Dark Shadows and Battleship, I believe. Is yeah. The Dark Shadows and Battleship. Man, things are looking up. And there's, then Men there, in Black 3. No. There's an alternative to Battleship. Yeah, but we're not seeing it. What's we're the alternative? Battleship. I, I forget. I just remember there is one. No, there is something else that weekend. I will fight you guys. <laughs> it's a, like, I think it's an indie movie. Anyways, you can follow us on Twitter, Real underscore Nerds. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can email us directly, realnerds at gmail.com. Hey, did you know Brad watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and wrote a commentary with timestamps on it that you can read and watch the movie at realnerds.tumblr.com. What? No, I didn't. Make sure you check it out. It's really funny. And I didn't even, I will say this, uh, I haven't seen that movie in years, but reading Brad's little comments about it, it started like making the movie flash in my head and, you know, like the Kino thing. I'm like, oh yeah, that dude's in it and (laughs) things like that. And I forgot that they replaced the April O'Neil and things like that made me kind of laugh at how dorky it is. We should get it recorded, though, at some point, because I would like to hear you sing yeah, Go I, Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. That would be end. awesome. And so I want to see sing? the dance. Gonna... <laughs> well, if it, if it were recorded, because you, te- you typed it out at the end. So oh, yeah. I you would did. assume that you were singing it as you typed it. I was remembering it. having <laughs> <laughs> watched But, yeah, I do want to do an audio version. So, so stay tuned for that. I so, want to do an audio version of two, because I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. So next week, Avengers Assemble. 